Mark 10, verse 1. He left there and went to the region of Judea. Beyond the Jordan, the crowds gathered to him again. And again, as was his custom, he taught them. Father, Heavenly Father, we just truly thank you for gathering us from DBS. We get to see the wonderful smiles and joy that the children. Now, Lord, be with them in your greatest word. Us sitting in the chairs and over the years and over the past, that's what he said. Thank you for It is good to see all your faces. I invite you to open your Bibles to the 25th Psalm, the Psalm 25, verse 4. If you are visiting with us and are using one of the Bibles, if it's black, uh, Psalm 25 is on page 459. If it's blue, I think it's on page 542. In honor of our theme verse, which is Psalm 25.4, I'm going to be preaching from the CSV, because that's the translation, that's the version that that verse is in. So again, that's Psalm 25, verse 4. All right, read with me, please. Make your ways known to me, Lord. Teach me your paths. Well done, little ones. This is the word of God. And thanks be to God for his word. Let me pray. Our God and our Father, we thank you that we are able to gather here to sit under the teaching of your word. And we pray that you would open our ears to receive it and our hearts to believe it. For Christ's sake, in his name we pray. Amen. I want to ask you, do you remember your favorite teacher? I'm sure that we all had one. Maybe it was a teacher of your favorite subject. Maybe it was actually your worst subject, but the teacher made it bearable. I remember my favorite teacher, his name was Mr. Young. But I'm ashamed to admit that I don't remember what subject he taught. I think this was back in fourth grade. Uh, but he was a kind teacher, so much so that when I learned that I was going to be moving homerooms, I cried and Mr. Young gave me a hug and encouraged me, telling me that everything was going to be okay. I really loved Mr. Young. He was great. This past week, as we are winding down VBS, all of our children have been taught by their teachers important truths from God's Word. We see those in the posters that are up here. And I just want to br briefly recap those for you. As you see in the day one poster that they learned that Jesus is holy. And the Bible story that accompanied this was how Peter followed Jesus. You can find this in Matthew 4 and Luke 5. And 
the point of that is Jesus is holy and that changes everything. I forgot to mention the theme for VBS was twists and turns. Following Jesus changes the game. Well, knowing that Jesus is holy changes the game because we often and should regularly speak of God's love for us. But we have to remember that God loved us and sent his son to save us from his wrath. God is holy and God cannot abide sin. It can't be in his presence. And so something has to be done about it. Someone has to pay the price. It's either us or it's Christ. So Jesus is holy. Day two, you see up there in the second poster that they learned that Jesus is trustworthy. In the Bible story that accompanied this was how Peter walked to Jesus on the water. You find this in Matthew 14. And the point of that is Jesus is trustworthy even when we doubt. See, we make a small thing out of doubt. But to God, unbelief is a sin. It's a serious sin. And so it's a game changer for us to know that God doesn't cast us away when we doubt. But he is gracious to us and is patient with us. See there in day three that Jesus is forgiving. And the Bible story that accompanied that is when Peter denied Jesus, but yet was restored. You find this in Luke 22 and in the Gospel of John chapters 18 and 21. And that was a game changer because Jesus is forgiving even when I sin. If you've never thought about it, consider this. There are things that are worse, that are grosser with Peter's denial of Christ than Judah's betrayal of Christ. Right? We think that what Jesus did or Judas did was foul, and so it is. But Peter and what he did was of greater offense than that in some ways. And so it's important to know that even when we sin against God, as 1 John 1, 9 says, that if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Day 4, the children learned that Jesus is worth following. And the Bible story for that was how Peter spoke boldly about Jesus. This is in Acts chapter 3 and Acts chapter 4. And that's so amazing because just six weeks earlier, about a month and a half earlier, Peter had denied Christ. But here he spoke boldly of him. We have a saying in our culture you are all familiar, familiar with, which says that when the going gets tough, the tough get going. I'm sure many of you are aware of how our culture is changing and turning against Christianity. And there are hard days ahead. It will be very hard days, challenging days, days where we may be tempted to forsake Christ. But as the Bible reminds us in the book of Hebrews that we are not those who turn away and are destroyed, but those who continue on in the faith. Day five, finally, they learn that Jesus is for everyone. And I don't want you to miss the significance of this. Find this in Acts 10. And the Bible story is where Peter told Cornelius about Jesus. See, that's significant 
because Cornelius was a Roman centurion, and the Jews believed that the Messiah, which means the chosen one, was only for them. So for God to extend grace to Gentiles, and I would say probably 98% of us in here are Gentiles, meaning from a people group that are not Jews, that's a game changer. Because the Jews realized that Christ did not come just for them, but for the world. He came for you and he came for me. Now let me ask you, have you ever considered God to be a teacher? Right. Just talked about my favorite teacher. We all can probably remember our favorite teachers. We have pastors who teach us. Maybe we're in a Bible study. Someone leads and teaches that Bible study. But as Mr. Lewis read for us in Mark 10:1, it states that when the people gathered to Jesus, he taught them as was his custom. That means it was normal. See, we make big fanfare of Jesus' miracles, giving sight to the blind, the deaf can hear. Those who couldn't walk being able to walk, raising the dead. Those are in fact miraculous things. But let's not forget that Jesus taught the people. There's actually a part in Mark 4 where Jesus comes. Um, the disciples are trying to build up his platform. They want him to run for office, as we would put it. And they say, hey, Jesus, the people want to see you. And Jesus says, I need to go into the other villages to preach. For such is the reason that I came. God is a teacher. Christ is a teacher. And so you see there in Psalm 25, verse 4, that David asked God to make his ways known to him. He asked that God would teach him the right way to live. Notice, first of all, that David asked God. See, David asked God because he didn't know the right way to live. Have you ever had to ask anyone for directions to go somewhere? Or how to do something? Well, why did you ask them? Because you didn't know. You didn't know how to get to where you wanted to go. You didn't know how to complete that task at hand. See, we wouldn't know how to live in a way that pleases God unless he first revealed that to us. Romans 10 says, says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That none are righteous. Not one. No one seeks after God. Not you and not me. We do not naturally pursue the Lord. He has revealed to us who He is and what He expects from us, and He has done that in His Word, the Bible. Second there, notice that, ask yourself, why did David ask God? Why didn't he ask someone else? Now that's not to exclude those who teach, those who know God's Word. But David knew that God could be trusted. He knew that God wouldn't lie to him. He knew that God would take care of him, that God would help him. Well, how did he know that? How did he know that God would take care of him and not lie to him? Well, simply this, because God had proven himself. He had proven his character. And that's what Psalm 25 is about. It's about God's character and the forgiveness that he extends to us. Now, let me ask you, what about us? Can we trust God? Was it only David that was able to do that? No. No. Yes, we can trust God. Hopefully that wasn't confusing. Yes, no to affirm the answer that was giving, and yes, we can trust God. Well, how do we know that? 
Well, at ERBC, we are right now preaching through Hebrews, and we've returned to this passage regularly in Hebrews. In Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, they tell us that long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers through the prophets. Prophets, like most of you may not have considered, like King David. David wrote the 25th Psalm. The Bible calls him a prophet. And then verse 2 goes on to say, But in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, the Lord Jesus. Remember how I said on day two that the kids had learned that Jesus is trustworthy? Well, the Bible tells us in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 14 and 17, that the Word became a man and lived among us. And we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Verse 17 says, For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. God sent His Son to teach us what God is like. So as I close this, let me ask you a few questions. If you are a follower of Christ, are you doing the things that God teaches in His Bible? Yeah, I'm sure we could probably all answer no to that one as well. Are you doing things that He says you shouldn't do? If so, what are you going to do about that? That's a good place to start being sorry. But that's not enough. Yes, thank you. Repent. James 4.17 says, So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. If we know the right thing to do and do not do that, God holds that against us. But there is hope in Christ. If you were not a follower of Christ before VBS, perhaps you didn't know much about God. Frankly, you didn't know anything about God. You didn't know that He loved us bad people so much. That's why the Bible calls us sinners. You didn't know that He loved us so much that He sent His Son Jesus to pay for all the bad things that we do. Those bad things the Bible calls sin. You didn't know that all the bad things done to Jesus were because of all of us. Every single one of you in this room, and me included, all those things that were done to Christ were because of us. In his first letter, Peter wrote that Jesus bore our sins. That means he carried them in his body on the cross. But Peter also says that by Jesus' wounds we are healed. You didn't know that after Jesus had been killed and buried for three days that God the Father raised Him from the dead. You didn't know that. You didn't know that Jesus went back to heaven and that one day He's coming back to save all those who have repented, trusted in Him, and lived for Him. But you also didn't know that He will punish all those who have not turned from their sins and trusted in Him. But guess what? Now you do know. And you are responsible and accountable to the Lord for what you know. We all are. And furthermore, God has commanded you. He has commanded you to turn from the bad things you used to do. Ask Him for forgiveness for being bad. And trust in Jesus to save you so that when Jesus returns, 
he will not have to punish you. That is the gospel. Many of you have heard me say this before, but in Deuteronomy, at the end of Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy is the fifth book of the Old Testament. It's sort of Moses' last will and testament. Moses is getting ready to, well, he doesn't get to, but the children of Israel are getting ready to go into the promised land. And Moses said to them, I set, between, I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that you may live. I say to you, choose Christ so that you may live. Let me pray. Our God and our Father, we thank you for what you have made available to us through the person and work of your Son. Life eternal, life everlasting, forgiveness of sins, to be a part of your family, to be co-heirs with Christ. Father, there are those here today who have believed on the Lord Jesus, that they have given evidence of that through repentance and faith and a life enabled by your spirit to become more and more like your son. There are also those here today who have not made that choice, maybe because they didn't know the truth, but now they do, and maybe because they are obstinate and stubborn. I pray as your spirit works through your word that I have attempted to share with clarity, to preach with clarity that you would work in their hearts by your spirit, that they would think on the truths that they've heard, that they would do more than that, that they would see the beauty of Christ, I pray, and that they would repent, turning from their evil ways and trust in Christ to surrender to him to be the Lord of their lives. This is pleasing to you and the Lord Jesus is honored. And so we pray, O oh Lord, that you would help us to live for your Son, to trust in your Son, um, to the praise and glory of your name, for your Son's sake, and by the enabling of your Spirit. In his name we pray. Amen.